Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favorite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Everything is Black and White Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Musgrove. And it's time for our weekend preview. Newcastle travelled down to Spurs. I'm looking for their first win. Looking for a better performance than they turned out against Norwich. I'm joined here by Lee Ryder, who will be heading down. I believe you're flying down due to the, the train chaos. It always seems to be happening when Newcastle United are travelling away. First and foremost, are you confident that we'll see a better performance than we did against Norwich? Well, it can't be much worse. And this week, there's been a lot of talk behind the scenes that they're, you know, they're going to make an improvement. That the players are back in Steve Bruce. Um, that there is this collective sort of spirit there. Didn't look like it at Norwich. Um, so we are looking for it. You know, they've got to come out and show a bit more intent. It's going to be tough at Spurs. Not not really expecting a any anything in terms of points. But you, as you say, you are looking for that performance. That is just a bit of encouragement, and hopefully, Newcastle, their confidence doesn't get completely deflated, and they've got something to carry into those two home games against Leicester and Watford. Um, now, obviously, Spurs drew two-two with Man City. VAR stole the headlines, um, so they, they they got a point. They arguably, probably should have lost that game three-two. But looking at the stats. You only had three shots and two on target to this scored. Um, so they're, they're obviously they're clinical, um, which is something you'd argue Newcastle haven't been so far in the first two games. They've had chances. Joe Linton had a, a couple against Arsenal. He had one brilliant one against Norwich. Do you think that's where the difference lies? That, again, this is going to be a game where Newcastle aren't going to create a lot, so they're going to have to take whatever chances come their way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... As I say, Joe Linton had a great chance at Norwich. You've got you've got to take them, but you know by the same token, he's a young lad. He's trying to find his feet in English football. It's difficult. So once he gets one under his belt, hopefully more more will follow. Uh, he needs the full support of the teammates. Almiron hasn't really, you know, he makes the runs and he and he does get people off his seat, which is exactly what he's meant to do. But whether he's a 
an out and out forward whether he suits that formation I'm, I'm not really sure I think personally be better you know breaking from from deep but then the day Newcastle can only pull out the, the players they've got at the minute Muto obviously hasn't impressed enough to, to earn a start uh, and when he came on last week he was pretty disappointing although he did have a lot to say after the game um, lots of talk about formations and we know you covered it in the podcast to start of the week but it is going to be the key question it is going to be what's going to grip people into that team news is announced on Sunday do you see him changing the formation do you see him going with maybe four at the back I mean if he changes the formation what would you what do you envisage him doing I think to be honest if he's, if he's going to change anything he's going to probably have to park the bus and potentially like pack the midfield and, and you know play with one less striker because at Spurs, you know, if they're struggling to get the goals, anyway, um, why take the chance? You know, like five four one could be a, a real option for Steve Bruce. Last season, it worked quite well. You've got you know the the deep line midfielders, and you can, you know, hit people on the break with the with the wing backs. So that is definitely an option. It's just about personnel who would then come in. For me, Mankio was unfortunate to to miss out of the weekend. Kraft. Is it the right time to throw him in? Um, his confidence will have taken a, a little bit of a battering after that game. Um, so is it time to bring Mankio back in? Um, you know, a player who's not popular with a lot of people. But then the day you can't, you can't knock his, you know, his performances in pre-season and he played well against Arsenal. So uh, for me, I think he would be a potential outlet if they do decide to to park the bus um, obviously the missing Yedlin as well his pace and power going forward is always going to be a miss so look it's early days there's still players to come back from injury but Newcastle they need something out of this game so if it was four midfield who would you would it be Hayden and Longstaff in the middle or would it be Hayden and Shell because you would assume if it does go to four one of those three Hayden, Shelby or Longstaff would have to miss out I mean for whatever, whatever it is I th- I think it, it would be hard to leave Longstaff out. I know he did at the weekend, and I think Newcastle suffered from for that. He came on and he was, you know, he, he made the goal. Uh, you know, he bought a bit of influence in the midfield battle. Hayden never stopped working on on, on Saturday. I think it would be harsh to drop him. So then you're kind of like back to the John Joe Shelby sort of conundrum. Uh, yes, you got the goal. It, it's a it's a hard call, but really. You could potentially play two whole midfielders and, and give someone else a bit more license to go forward. And I think really, I think Hayden and Longstaff last season played as those two whole midfielders. And you know maybe it is time to pot- potentially go back to that. Could you see Longstaff maybe in the number ten role? I mean, would you? I mean, you've you've watched him throughout his career. Is that something you think he could do? He he can do it. I've seen him play, do it um, under twenty threes. I think he's done it on some of his loan stints. He's got goals in him, um, but he's got the discipline to get back as well and, and, and take part in his duties. So that is an option, but then it would be uh, a big sort of casualty in terms of Almiron potentially uh, missing out. So there's a lot of different options for Steve Bruce and they're really going to have to rely on the metal now in terms of they haven't got much time to think about it and it's going to be a tough one down there. And as you say, if, if you give people like Harry Kane the opportunity, you will take it. Just looking back at the stats against Norwich, and I know we don't want to keep going over it because we just like to maybe erase it from our memories, but does it alarm you that Matt Ritchie was the person who had the most efforts on goal for Newcastle United? 
Yeah, I mean, it's look. If you always look at his stats, I mean, people sometimes query why he gets high marks, and you know, sometimes he we got man the match for me against Arsenal. A lot of people disagreed with that, but then the day he is always on the ball, he is showing, he is willing. Um, he can't put balls in the box. Sometimes, yeah, other people don't time the run. Sometimes his cross is not accurate, but he's always looking to create and he's always looking to get back um, and get tackles in. And I think he's definitely a player that Newcastle is going to need him. People like him um, and Hayden as well, the hard workers, to haul them through the games at the moment. And Richie is not even playing in his best position. So it's, it's one way for me, you just couldn't leave him out. On to injury uh, news. Alan Maximum is sounding not overly confident that he's going to be fit, but there's there's a hope that he's going to be available for Sunday. He obviously wants to be um, hamstring injury, but it's one of those. Obviously, you'll be judged in training today um, and and tomorrow. Do you think if he's fit, he starts? Uh, is he fit? That's the that's a big question. He hasn't. Yeah, I know he played games in pre-season for Nice but I don't think he's been um, fully up to speed so for me it would be an option on the bench but if he has somehow miraculously recovered from not even being involved at Norwich to start in a game uh, a week later good luck to him but at the end of the day I think the best you can hope for is him being on the bench um, and, and I Spurs have got a, a host of cracking players and you've already mentioned Harry Kane there they've spent a bit of money this summer now they were arguably second best to Manchester City, but they did. Um, they did, obviously they got the point, and then against Aston Villa, the first game of the season, it took them till about I think it was the sixty fifth, seventieth minute before they really got a grip with the game. Villa went ahead, if I'm not mistaken. So the it it shows that they you know they do concede and they are there to be beaten. However, Newcastle haven't really shown that they can that they can take the game. Um, you know, to their opposition. I mean, then the day you know Villa did prove that you know they, you know they're not they're not unbreakable. You can't get you can't get through them, uh, but it's once you get through them, and if you do get a lead, it's, it's can you hold on to it? And if Newcastle were to get an early goal, then you would potentially, you know, fear that that could just rattle Tottenham to to come flying at them, and that's the last thing you want. So it's about them controlling the situation as much as they can. It'd be great if, if obviously Joel Linton can get off the mark in this game uh, and then if Newcastle do have something to hold on hold on to at some part of the game then you, ne- you never know but the odds I think the odds are 12 to 1 with some bookies so the bookies aren't usually wrong are they? And Joel Linton looks like he will be back as well after going off with a with a hip injury um, just before we get Lee's score prediction and we're just going to have a little interview with Mark Brown, who's a fundraiser for the NUFC Fans Food Bank. Now, he's just got back from the United States after swimming at the Catalina Channel over in California. 23-mile challenge, that is, and he swam throughout the night to raise funds for the food bank. He returned to Tyneside uh, to the food bank yesterday and also met Alan St. Maximum. So this is an interview um, with him. He talks a little bit about his challenge and meeting in Castle's uh, French forward. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen. This is Acast Recommends. 
Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm joined here by Mark Brown, who um, is a fundraiser for the NUFC Fans Food Bank and is just back from the United States after completing a 23-mile swim around the Catalina, which is called the Catalina Challenge, and that is over the Catalina Channel in California. Thank you very much for joining, Mark. Um, how are you feeling after that? Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, to be honest. Uh, I've just about recovered now. It was a week ago today, and uh, yeah, it was tough at the time, but tired for a couple of days after, but um, I'm feeling all right now, to be honest. I'm ready for the next one. So why the food bank? You've already swam the English Channel, and I think you've raised about six grand over the two challenges. What is it about the NUFC Fans Food Bank which makes you get up and, and think, right, which uh, deep water can I swim in next? Uh, it's just a great charity. It's a local charity. It's about uh, people in the community who care about other people within the community who are going through a tough time. Uh, trying people who are they don't just rely on the food bank all the time. It's people who are going through a tough patch through no fault of their own sometimes and uh, trying to get back up on their feet. And there's a great team at the food bank uh, who are helping people in the northeast uh, get back up on their feet because the government and things like that aren't really helping. So it's uh, the community is kind of taking it into their own hands to help those people out. Which I think so is a good thing. through the kind of training you have to do and then just how you found your actual challenge, 23 miles in. I think it was it's through the night as well, was it? Yeah, it was through the night. Uh, the training's pretty tough. It's a lot of swimming in, uh, in the North Sea, at Tymouth, Tymouth, uh, Whitley Bay, around there, and uh, some cold, dark mornings all the way through winter and up until up until uh, the swim last week. And, yeah, it's tough. The training training's hard work, but... Uh, it was all worthwhile. It all paid off. Uh, the swim was, the swim was obviously pretty hard, uh, mentally challenging with it being through the through the night. After seven, seven hours of swimming in the pitch black, it's in the sea, with the uh, choppy conditions and that type of thing. It was, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty rough mentally, but uh, but you yeah, had a great support team, and obviously with all the unbelievable support back home, it was uh, that was enough to to get through it. So how long was the challenge? How long did it take you to complete it? 11, 11 hours, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time. Happy with that. <laughs> so did you go with a kind of a target in mind or is it the target is to just to complete the challenge? Yeah, I was hoping for between 12 and 13 hours. So that was a, a nice bonus to, get, a, to get, get it done in 11. I think everyone was happy to get, get back on the dry land after, after that time as well. <laughs> Fantastic. And I mean, for many people, you know, the Great North Run is, is something they do to raise funds for charity. And then they probably don't put their uh, running boots on, running shoes on for another five, six months after that. But you've been back in the pool already and you're looking forward to your next challenge? 
Yeah, back in the pool this morning and uh, back in the sea on Saturday morning. And, uh, and yeah, looking forward to, to doing another challenge. I'm enjoying it. And uh, it's great to be a part of something at the food bank as well. Got great support from everyone down there and great support from everyone I know. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to doing something else uh, next year, probably. And is there anything in mind or are you still just kind of picking something out? There are a few options. One swim is to do um, the North Channel, which is from Ireland to Scotland. And there's a 28-mile swim around Manhattan Island as well. So a couple of ideas, but uh, nothing nothing confirmed yet. And you returned to the food bank yesterday. You had a lovely uh, reaction from those up the food bank. Uh, a few cakes, lots of applause. Did that take you by surprise? Yeah, it was, uh, I was expecting to go for a coffee with uh, John, who's, uh, who runs the place, and... Yeah, I turned up and there was uh, about 100 people there and uh, it, was a, it was a great welcome, to be honest. And just shows again like how uh, how good a team they have down there and uh, and how much of a team they, they are. It's great great to have their support. And there was also an added bonus of meeting Alan St. Maximum as well. He was apparently very impressed that you spoke to him in, in French. That, that made his day. Um, what was it like <laughs> to meet him? Yeah, he was uh, he's very mature for a 22-year-old lad and... He's very up, up for the challenge by the sounds of it. He uh, said he had a few offers from other other clubs and uh, chose to come here. And he's really, he said he hated being out against uh, Norwich and he's really raring to go against uh, against Spurs, hopefully. So he doesn't know if he's going to be fit or whether he'll be picked. But, but yeah, he's raring to go and obviously wish him the best of luck and fingers crossed he uh, performs on the pitch as well. Fantastic to see him as well, taking time out to pop up to the food bank and you know support the cause just like yourself. Yeah, yeah, but uh, he really does care. I think I know he came out and uh, made a couple of comments on Twitter, but he really did back them up, and uh, he put put a lot of effort into to going around talking to everyone, spend a lot of time taking uh, taking photos and uh, and and everything, and making cups of tea and all sorts. So yeah, I think he enjoyed it to be honest, and wasn't phased by it at all. Fantastic, and just finally. What would you like to say to all those people who have donated to to your fundraising page and you know who have helped out uh, the food bank? Uh, huge thanks. To be honest, it's been overwhelming the support, and uh, without that support, I wouldn't have been able to get through it. To be honest, uh, it's uh, unbelievably appreciated, and uh, that, that's one of the main reasons for doing it and enjoying it so much. So thank you very much. Well, you rather him then. Me, I mean, that's a fantastic uh, effort, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely great effort and for a, a great cause which continues to, uh, you know, get positive headlines. Well, certainly in the food banks, the donation drop um, point will be back for the Leicester game in the, in the Cup on Wednesday. So if you can't afford to, please do drop off a few tins of food. So, Lee, I mean, first of all, are you looking forward to going down to, to the Spurs ground? You know, brand new ground. It's... Um, well, yeah, it's going to be a, maybe a marked difference to some of the other grounds that you get to visit this season. Yeah, it is nice to go to a new ground and, you know, see what the facilities are like and, you know, see how, you know, other teams, you know, compare them to where your own club is in terms of facilities. Newcastle Stadium uh, is one of the best in Europe, in my opinion, in terms of a venue. Uh, but Spurs have, you know, they've, they've almost gone one better. You know, they've re- rebuilt the whole thing on the same, managed to do it on the same site as well. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the facilities are like there. Uh, and, you know, Newcastle start with a clean slate. They didn't have a bad record at White Hart Lane. Got a couple of good wins in, in more recent memory. Uh, Steve McLaren getting a, a win during his stint. Uh, a 2-1 win when Perez scored. Uh, no Perez for Newcastle this time. 
clean slate, new ground. Hopefully they can get something out of this game. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's one where you you've got to be almost be a realist, and, and you feel it is going to be tough. Key man that Newcastle have to stop. Mentioned there's a lot of good players on that side, but is there someone that you think they've just got to stop this guy? Yeah, I mean it's it, it's. I know it's the done thing to like pick out one one player, but you know they've got so much quality, and you you choose you can choose one individual, and then you know someone else might pop up. But I mean you can't really look beyond Harry Kane, can you? Because he is you know England's best striker at the moment. He's as as almost as good as Shearer was in his pomp. Um, he's scoring goals for club and country. Um, he's the danger man. And my only surprise is that he's still actually playing for Tottenham because I think he could definitely play uh, for one of the you know the really big guns uh, in Europe. But at the moment, the Premier League is a place to be. But you know, it wouldn't surprise me in the fullness of time if Harry Kane end up playing for one of the real the real big boys. Now, just before I get your score prediction, and um, we are recording this on the Thursday afternoon, you'll be seeing Steve Bruce tomorrow morning. Obviously, a lot's been said over the over the last week. You know, after the Norwich game. How do you think he would have been this week in training? Have you had any understanding of how things have gone? Um, what's the mood been like, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I think he's probably been, he is a little bit, I don't think he's surprised by the criticism, but I think some of it has probably gone a little bit uh, too far. I think that's what that's the part he's been surprised by. He was hoping that there would be the be- the best way to put it he was he was hoping for a little bit more time but it certainly if you read social media then social media is what it is at the end of the day it can be exaggerated it can it can make things feel a bit distorted um he did say when he first took the job that if you sat there and read that you know it would would send you round the bend basically and i i don't think he's a, a real social media follow it anyway but I think maybe some of the some of the stinging criticism he's probably heard in phone-ins um, read in some newspapers it's probably been a bit tough for him so he needed something at Norwich basically it's bit, it's almost like last season Newcastle's opening of the season they needed to be Cardiff and they didn't they got a point out of that a point wouldn't have been the worst result at Norwich but they actually got uh, a real turning over basically and this is uh, gave his critics a real, you know, good run at him, uh, and now he's going to go to Spurs, and people are going to there'll be people waiting for him to fail. There's no doubt about it. Training pictures, everyone look like you know, smile on their faces, and we appreciate that you know you're not going to get pictures where everyone's looking down and disheartened. But you, I, it's 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 hard to fake, you know. You, you can see if people aren't happy, and it does look like there is, um, you know, like I say, a few smiles on faces. So. Hopefully, you know, they've worked on, on their shape and, 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 you know, whatever happened last week that didn't come off, hopefully this week we do see a different Newcastle. Um, score prediction? Score prediction for me, obviously I'm going to be, you know, a realist. I think Newcastle are capable of putting up a bit of a fight, uh, but I still think they will, they will lose the game, unfortunately. Uh, I'd love to sit here and say they can, you know, maybe get a point. Um, but... For me, I think, you know, 3-1 Tottenham. Well, there you have it. Thank you very much, Lee, for joining us. If you head over to chroniclelive.co.uk, 
keep with all the latest in the Cast Night News, including Steve Bruce's press conference. That'll be happening on Friday morning. And all the build-up to the Spurs game, which is, of course, on Sunday. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows... And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.